Welcome to the Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Katoon. Today's show is brought to you by Active Campaign. Go beyond email marketing with true automation by signing up at activecampaign.com slash technori. Get your first two months for free on me. Today's guest on the show, like many others, you can invest in directly at Republic. Go to republic.co slash upshift. The uh, guest on today's show, Ezra Goldman, as you can see, standing before us on our, our lovely little Zoom Zoom chat we've got going on here. First off, welcome to the show. and. Uh, and it's great to talk to you again. It's been a little bit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So let's give the world a, a quick pitch on what exactly Upshift is and how it works. And uh, and I, I'm curious to ask a couple of questions and kind of see how the evolution of, of vehicle leasing is going to look. Sure, yeah. So Upshift is a fractional car lease for the roughly third of the population in cities who drive a car a couple days a week. Uh, they kind of sit between... Uh, people who might drive, you know, once a month or so on a car share platform to the people who might drive every day uh, who might, you know, buy or lease a car. Uh, these are the kinds of folks who have cars that are typically collecting more dust and parking tickets than they are actually getting driven. Uh, and essentially the way the model works is you subscribe based on how often you need access to a car. So one to three days a week are the plans. So you get four days, eight days or 12 days per month. Those days will roll over if you don't use them all. And uh, if you need additional days in a given month for like a road trip, for example, it's just a flat day rate to get extra days. Uh, our memberships are all inclusive. So we cover insurance, uh, maintenance, repair. Well, taking it in for repair is not the cost of the repair. Uh, you know, we deliver it to your door every time you need it uh, and comes gassed and cleaned. You take it wherever you need to go for a few hours to a few days. And then when you're done, uh, you can just park it anywhere in our San Francisco service zone and we'll come pick it up, gas and clean it for the next time. And all that you have to pay outside of your uh, monthly rate is uh, gas and toll charges, uh, which are just billed at cost. Uh, we have a whole software suite that we've built out to manage the subscription and payments. Uh, we are uh, in the process now of watching our first um, mobile member app, we've had a, a web app experience, but uh, the mobile app is coming out for Android and iOS. Uh, it's in the review process right now for the app of the Play Store. Uh, that'll allow you to make booking requests for either a RAV4 hybrid SUV or a Toyota Prius, both hybrids, all green. Uh, and uh, you can also uh, tell us when you need the car delivered. Uh, and then we're in the process now of integrating telematics, which should be done by the end of the year so that our app will also allow you to locate and unlock the vehicle. It'll actually be a completely keyless transaction where you'll be able to uh, get in the car, uh, swipe in with an RFID or use the app to unlock the car, get in, push the start button and drive off. And there's actually no key in the car. Uh, so it'll be a, a really awesome experience. Uh, all of our cars are identical, so it looks and feels like it's your car. Uh, and it, uh, you know, we're actively working on uh, building out a really personalized experience uh, around it. So it's it's really truly a fractional car lease, uh, which you know nobody's really doing right now, which is pretty exciting. So that's that's kind of uh, the company in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, I can dive into some of the metrics if you if you're interested, but uh, just sort of at a high level of what we do in. Uh, why we're here. I mean, our, our core sort of vision is, uh, you know, what's the future of car ownership when everybody's doing ride sharing and scooters and, and uh, bike share and, and all these other services uh, and cars are electrified, automated, connected and shared. Uh, you'll basically be uh, 
you know, subscribing to a car uh, based on how often you need it and using that sort of as a, uh, uh, in connection with other kinds of shared mobility solutions as your sort of mobility uh, alternative. So you won't have a car payment, you'll have a mobility payment, which will integrate transit, bike share, ride share, et cetera. And we're basically the car piece of that uh, mobility as a service that you'll have instead of owning a car if you live in a city. So I actually am a big believer in the sort of commoditization, if you will, of vehicles. I think for the, speaking in particular about the America, <clears throat> in the US, we've had this weirdo cowboy relationship, thanks in part to Mustang with our cars. And, and there will always be a place for that. If you're a Porsche guy, you're always going to have like that Porsche in the garage and you're not driving that regularly anyway. And I've always viewed that there will be a time and place where, you know, to me, I look at the lease, my initial leases, I've always been a leaser, lesser, leaser. I'm not really sure how, how, how to say it in that lesser on a contract, leaser in the action. I don't, I don't know, but bottom line is I've always looked at it really this way. I mean, it's not my car. I don't really care. I just want to have the vehicle I want. Now, as you see Tesla kind of get their, their mojo going a few years ago, I kind of thought that was the first cue. I mean, Uber is an obvious, you know, ride shares. You brought this up. Those are obvious conduits. Tesla to me changed the way we look at vehicles because they're all the same. No matter what it is, the upgrades are personal. And if you wanted to have a fleet of cars that all had, you know, zero to this, and you're paying for whatever amount of that this there is in each car, you could essentially keylessly get into a car and have all the settings go right to whatever your settings are. Exactly. And exactly. you're indifferent to the experience otherwise. Yeah. I think that's the future. But I also totally. know that there's a lot of other groups that have tr- not necessarily exactly like you, but have tried different things. And I, I've talked to investors about this in particular, which is why we're going to feature this in the newsletter. They're feeling, and this is a couple of years ago, and in some recently, their feeling was like, oh, this has been attempted and done and not successful in some rates and some wrong. And my feeling on it has been much like a lot of businesses that are thriving in COVID. Those companies did not have access to, in an equitable fashion, the technology required to make this experience seamless enough that I would do the, I would dump my car. And we are now entering a field where you can create, in fact, it's not even create, it's expected that you could create this, this experience. We're actually kind of very nearly there. So my attention to this uh, market has gone up. I think it's a really interesting uh, potential. And, and you start, this is off the reservation, but you start looking at like Spot Hero and, and some of these other integrations that are being built that auto drive and park your car, totally. yeah. set up, you know, all this stuff. It, it makes this truly uh, an, an easy experience for someone who doesn't own the car. So I'm just curious on your side, what exactly you guys are doing and have done, uh, whether it's professionally, personally, career within the, the, the organization, whatever, that make you guys the ones to finally crack this nut and, and have a model that is scalable and can work and grow in the proper sort of speed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a master's in city planning from MIT. I've been in the shared mobility space for 21 years at this point. I co-founded a dockless bike share on my college campus in 1999 and worked on a shared folding electric scooter uh, at MIT at Media Lab in 2006. Uh, and that's just some of probably, you know, five or 10 different projects I've worked on in the shared mobility space. Uh, you know, I was pitching Google on, you know, autonomous ride sharing with a custom micro-sized vehicle that integrated with Google Maps and, 
what was then Zagat and, uh, you know, back in 2011, uh, you know, and so been in this space for, for a very long time, usually, you know, at least a year, if not, you know, a decade ahead of the curve on pretty much every shared mobility uh, opportunity that's, that's arisen. And this is the one I've really grabbed onto because, uh, you know, I, I looked at the data, I actually did a, a year of a PhD at the University of Copenhagen looking at, you know, uh, bikes and bike share and how we could get people to ride more bikes, even in Denmark. And, uh, you know, really found that it's about, it's about friction, you know, it's about time and time and money and safety. I mean, those are kind of your three biggest variables. You make it so that, uh, and, and maybe culture, right? So you, you basically just uh, make it frictionless, make it the fastest, most convenient way to get from A to B, make it so it's, uh, you know, culturally resonant with your identity. You're not going to look like a freak doing it and make sure you're not going to die uh, and as long as you can afford it, like if you have all those variables, you, you have a success, right? So basically when we built this company, we've kind of looked at it and said, okay, what are all the things that are great about owning a car? Well, I have the ability to go anywhere, anytime. I have the freedom and the convenience to just step outside my door, get in the car and go anywhere. Um, what's all the stuff that sucks? Well, that's actually a very long list, right? I've got insurance claims, parking, uh, damages, repairs, uh, you know, going and buying the car, selling the car, like just like you name it, there is like a laundry list of stuff that sucks about owning a car. Um, and so as we built the company, we basically just gone through that entire checklist and said, okay, how do we accentuate and provide you more, uh, as much if not more of all the stuff that's great about owning a car? And how do we eradicate or at least minimize all the stuff that sucks about owning a car, right? So one of the biggest friction points that people have in a city like San Francisco, and I would assume also in Chicago and other uh, metro areas is parking the car. And yep. especially if you live in a city and you don't even need to drive it every day, uh, you know, if you live in the suburbs and you're driving to work every day, this is not a problem for you. But if you live in San Francisco, Chicago, New York, DC, these kinds of major metro areas, um, you don't have parking, or if you do have parking, you're gonna have to pay you know, 300 bucks, 400 bucks. It's a mortgage. Month. It's a market just to pay for the parking spot. Uh, and if you don't do that, uh, then you stick it on the street. Then you, now you got to move it every couple of days for street sweeping or you get a $90 parking ticket. Somebody might smash your window in. They might damage your car while they're parking their car. Uh, it could get towed if it's parked in the wrong place. Uh, you know, there's just this litany of just headaches. And, and I, I know uh, one person told me it's like a, a ghost appendage that she would park it, you know, and then she'd always like in the back of her head be like, is did I park it on a Tuesday spot or a Wednesday spot? Yeah. And Oh crap, I got to go move my car. Like just all this, like it's always in the back of your mind, like that you have to deal with this asset, right? That's just, I've been in many there. meetings with people who literally in the middle of it, just like, Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> they like look out the window and they're like, look for the, the park app and be like, uh, what zone yeah. am I in? I'm like, dude, or like you exactly. oh, go into a meeting. Like, do you, do you validate? I don't, I don't have a sticker for this area. I don't like, it's like, yeah things that if you are not yeah. <clears throat> conventionally owning and driving daily is not an issue. Exactly. Exactly. So I would say that's, that's really the biggest challenge that we address for people is uh, people say, you know, why delivery? Well, uh, really it's about people not wanting to park the car. I mean, that's kind of the main, I mean, it's like you want to have the car when you want it and yeah. you want to not have the car when you don't want it. Because if you have the car when you don't want it, that's when your mind is spinning with all these like parking concerns. Right. And so that's, that's kind of the, you know, just that peace of mind. It's like, I don't have to think about somebody breaking into the window, like smashing the window, you know, stealing the stuff out of my car, 
getting towed, getting a parking ticket. I just, I don't want to think about any of that stuff, but then when I do need it, I want it to be available and be right outside my door. Right. And so how do we kind of provide that experience? I, I have to tell you, I, I totally agree with you on this. And I, I think I said this when you're on the WGN show too, but I literally think of whenever I'm looking for markets, I want to invest in companies. <clears throat> I look for symptoms that people attempt to solve. And I look to see how radical and stupid things get trying to solve them because that yeah. tells me how big the opportunity is. And you think of yeah. a bunch of these companies, some of them like Lux still exist to, a, to an extent that we're in the like valet space, like we'll be your personal valet anywhere. And it's like, yeah. you logistically thought that it, it was worth pursuing to have people sort of hanging around. They can yeah. all just on a whim, pick up an app and go find your car and move it around for you. Like that's how big of a problem people yeah. perceive it to be. Yeah. To me, there's a solution waiting. But as I said at the top of the show, the solution lacked uh, some of the technical streamness that would be needed with, in particular with a car different from say a bike or, or a, yeah. uh, whatever, moped even. Yeah. It's a bigger, it's a big, you know, it's just bigger. Um, and so I totally get this. I, I would love to know from your standpoint, why you guys think that, you know, myself and others should be investing in your company and versus anyone else that's out there, relationships, traction, things that you guys have. I understand San Francisco is the base right now, but obviously we move that sure. every major market, which I just want to get out ahead of this question because I know that some of the VC types that, that still invest through this, even though they are accredited, they say things like, oh, it's only, you know, same thing that Mark Lawrence, my friend from Spot Hero got. Huh? It's not worth investing in because it can only be important in, in these like five markets. Yeah. And the, there's some truth to that, but there's also a lot of falsehood to that. Yeah. Because a business that knows what markets not to waste its money in can just be really, really good in yeah. the markets it makes its money in. You don't have to have a loss loser. Yeah. Most businesses have to, you don't. Yeah, I mean, look, Uber makes over a billion dollars a year in five markets. I mean, th th you, know, you don't need, I think there's a billion dollar market in San Francisco. I would the total addressable market is a billion dollars in one city. Uh, so if you, you know, if you only have a, a five or 10 great markets in, in America and a bunch of long tail markets, like that's not a bad thing necessarily. It means you can focus your resources. So for example, uh, not only is it concentrated in San Francisco, but it's concentrated in sort of the core parts of San Francisco, right? Where the parking is the hardest, alternatives are the most robust. And so if you look at any of these services that people have pumped in billions of dollars in VC into, uh, you look at Uber and Lyft, you look at Spin, Lime, uh, you know, all these scooter companies, uh, you know, even Zipcar, if you want to uh, talk about those companies, yeah, get around. Um, I mean, they're all basically going after the same, uh, the same cities, the same parts of those cities. Uh, if you look at Uber's uh, uh, demand in, in a city like San Francisco, I mean, it's, it's heavily concentrated in, you know, the sort of Northeast quadrant of that market where it's most dense and the demand is highest. So um, that isn't to say there aren't long-term opportunities. We're getting a bunch of demand out in sort of the, the outer neighborhoods of San Francisco. We get a bunch of demand in the East Bay, uh, South Bay, other areas. We've even had North Bay. Uh, we've had people request us to expand to cities I've never even heard of in states I never would have even thought of, like it was like Victoria, Texas or something, like some tiny little town that was like, I was, they're like, when are you going to get here? It's like, I don't even know where you are. Like, I've never even heard of that place. Like, I'll let you know, but uh, don't hold your breath. Right. So I, I think the, 
the reality too is that once you get into these uh, more long tail markets, um, there are some different, you might change the way you present the company and what you provide, right? So maybe it's a pickup truck or an SUV or some sort of more niche vehicle that people don't need to drive every day. And honestly, yeah. the, I was the just going to say F1, that the Ford F-150 is the best selling car in America and has been for about 50 years. And you don't need a pickup truck. There's no one, unless you're like working as a contractor, there's like no one who needs a pickup truck every day. But they're, well, they're I, I could give you really my theory them. on why they have it, but we don't need to go into that on the show. <laughs> Maybe a longer conversation. But you know, there, that's, you can that's, imagine that's more that of the ethos of, and culture. Sure, sure. But you, you can imagine there are a lot of people who uh, might like the idea of a fractional lease on some kind of more specialty vehicle, like a, a pickup truck, where yeah, you don't need it every day, but when you do need it, you really kind of want a pickup truck and not a sedan, right? And so th then the question is like. Electric vehicles, for example, how come more people don't buy more electric vehicles? Well, because range anxiety, right? Like I'm worried I might not be able to do that longer road trip that I might do once in yeah. a while. Well, what if you just fractionally lease a hybrid SUV and buy an electric vehicle? Now you can go to Tahoe or whatever longer trip you were thinking of going on and you don't have to uh, not buy the electric vehicle. You don't have to buy the SUV. You know, we actually provide, uh, uh, you know, that, that uh, the biggest, the, the biggest, vehicle that he might need uh, as opposed to the sort of daily driver, right? So I think there's a, a bunch of different opportunities that might uh, avail themselves once you start getting into those other markets where, you know, most of our members don't own a car, like at all. No. Uh, in fact, I would say probably none of them do. Um, but uh, certainly if you get into the longer tails, it might be a second or a third car solution, right? Where it's more of a, oh, sometimes I need this kind of car and uh, I might drive my car to your lot and swap it out with your car when I need it. So maybe the delivery process gets changed. So, I mean, there's, there's different things that we could do in those long tail markets as well. Yeah, I, I listen, I agree with that. And I, I think it leans, it's future forward. So we, we start looking at this, you know, if we had a conversation, I think it was in April, COVID was just kind of just getting under, under fire, underway. I don't yeah. know how to describe that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think I had a general prediction that the remote work would like just accelerate exponentially. Yeah. I don't think we're going to go back to like the normal, normal way, yeah. <clears throat> but in some ways you look back to like early Americana and it was one car per household. And I can a hundred percent see us getting back to that where like most people kind of go in alternate days, you've got one car, whether it's electric or whatever. And the other car is sure. run through you. It's a shared lease, which sure. makes a ton of sense to me. Sure. And you know, I look outside right now. If I look out the window, we have two cars and one is always in the garage. Yeah. So like, but we're paying for both. So but you're paying for both because once in a while, both of you need it, right? Yeah. So then the question is, like, is, what are all these kind of, often. what are all these cars that you, you can't like fractionalize an asset on your own? Yes. Either it's, it's binary, either you have it or you don't. And so then it's like, as soon as you need it, there's, there's kind of a certain point, you know, once you start needing it like once a week, that's kind of enough where you're like, all right, I don't want to go to Hertz. I don't want to deal with like zip car and like having the car be dirty or not have gas in it or whatever other nonsense and like not be available. Um, I just need it to work and I need it to be convenient and I, I want to just be frictionless. I don't want to think about anything. And so we've, you know, even like the, the pricing, right? So we just do day credits. So it's not like every time you go in the app, you're like, well, what does it cost today? And which car is available? And when I get there, is it actually going to be there? Or is it going to be covered in sand from the last guy and dog hair? Like, it's just like all these kind of uncertainties that you can get into with other kinds of programs. And I think, uh, you know, if you have a car, if you own a car, it's like, it's always the same car. Your settings are all personalized. You get in it. it everything is kind of the way you left it. 
Um, you're not trying to like fumble with figuring out the Bluetooth settings. Like, uh, you know, you're not wondering whether it's available. It's just, you know, how do we, how do we kind of get to that experience that looks and feels like having a two car garage that's virtualized and in, in your pocket? I mean, listen, if Airbnb can IPO at a $30 billion valuation, which will probably hit 50 billion upon that, you guys could be every bit of that because Airbnb is only those who are capitalized enough to actually own a home and rent it. And they all know the bullshit that goes along with that and the trouble, the pain, the the ancillary businesses that have grown on that. I mean, I see the same thing here. Ancillary businesses that might be the saving grace for automakers, for some of them, is the ability to provide these cleaning services, the just streamlined service upkeep. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, yeah. you look at uh, Get Around and Turo, for example, which are peer to peer. And, uh, you know, the sort of the pitch is like everyday people have their own car and they stick it on there and make a few hundred bucks. But the reality right. is there's, there's actually a, I don't know exactly what the percentage is, but a, a large majority of those cars are actually fleet operated. Like it's yeah. some guy who goes and buys like 100 cars because he somehow has like a line of credit to do that. And just an enterprise got into platforms. that as well. Enterprise, enterprise like, got into that. Like, the yeah, there's all these, there's all these basically like, micro fleet operators who uh, are, are running those cars. And then there's like another secondary business of people who are like, well, how do we like make sure the cars are clean and gas? So I'll now provide, you know, operational logistics support. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, that's fine. But like, why not just build a fleet of identical cars and clean them and gas them? And like, like, why not just do it all like from the ground up? Right. And if you think about, and so uh, you did, <laughs> and so we did, right. And so we actually looked into peer to peer when we started, we were like, oh, we could use rental car fleets. We could use all these different services. And the, the thing is like your logistics and operations are just a total mess uh, because yep. you don't have control over the assets. You don't know which cars you're going to get, what condition will be in, whether they'll be available. Uh, and all of those things make it virtually impossible to provide a frictionless experience uh, because they're always trying to kind of shoehorn your operations into somebody else's uh, needs, as opposed to saying, look, we're going to just build this the way it needs to be built and just do it right from from scratch. And if you look at, uh, say, uh, the the future of autonomous cars, and you look at Google and Cruise, like they're not doing peer to peer. Are you crazy? Like Google isn't going to you and saying, hey, can I borrow your car and stick a LiDAR on the roof and like run it around town and do it? No, like they're getting like hundreds of Pacificas from Chrysler and they're, you know, they're all identical. They're all look the same. They've slapped on all their hardware. They need to be stored somewhere. They've got to be cleaned and charged or gas. They, you know, they're, they're operating a fleet, right? And so who's going to be building out those mobility hubs where they're all stored and charged and cleaned? Who's going to be managing that, uh, that fleet of vehicles? And, you know, we think there's an opportunity to be uh, providing a, a car as a service and not just a ride as a service, right? So I think that there's, all these companies are going after sort of the AV rideshare space, which is is great and interesting. But like, there's a lot of trips that are not going to be well serviced by that, right? You want to take your dog to the beach, you want to go surfing, you want to go hiking, you want to go to Napa, go to Tahoe. Like, there's all these kinds of um, situations where uh, you're you're not going to want to be in one of those. You're going to want to just have a car to yourself and and uh, uh, you know have a different experience, right? So then the question is really like, who's going to be that uh, uh, car as a service uh, and, and provide that uh, operations and logistics and technology to, to manage that. And that's basically what we're building out. 
Well, I think there's a gigantic opportunity there for sure. Um, and I, I definitely think this is one of those companies that is future forward timing, couldn't be better for it. Uh, and it's, it's also, we talk about a lot in, in these shows, headwinds, tailwinds. There's definitely the tailwind helping you with the remote. There's the headwind coming at somebody else that's helping you. And that's the automakers in general. And, you know, all of these different companies and cars and, and really consumers in general have taken a liking and we kind of created it as business people with IOT, this personalization experience, everything is personalized and it's very totally. difficult to do yeah. that at scale, but it is now through you. And I, I think mm-hmm. that will make this really, really, you talked about in the beginning friction, yeah. you basically named yeah. my shopping habits. I want frictionless and I don't want to die and I don't want to look yeah. like a freak. That's yeah. pretty much yeah. it. That, you know, so I, I think you've, kind of it, you've yeah. nailed that. Um, yeah. So we were looking at the terms on, on the deal here, well, the per, $8 million. The I, I want to t- touch on the personalization yeah. aspect. I think that's really important. So like um, we've just started in the, in the member app, we've just started uh, rolling out. We've kind of been doing it with like a spreadsheet and stuff kind of in a kludgy way, but we want to start making it more kind of front and center, you know, where you can at least tell us like uh, what drive mode do you want the car in like normal power eco what radio yep. station do you prefer? What temperature setting do you prefer? Uh, what charging cable do you want us to plug in when you get in so that you can just plug your phone right in? Um, so these are some of the basic things that are concierge when they drop off the car, they can like kind of preset all that manually, yeah. right? And then the next step is like, okay, then all of our newest cars, the 2020s and 2021s are all coming with Android Auto and Apple CarPlay. So we can actually build an upshift app that integrates with that touchscreen display. So that all you do is you plug your phone into the uh, USB it's port. Up, and it's boom, your car. It's like says, hey, you know, exactly. Uh, you know, welcome to your experience. You get in that car. And then how do we connect that to the car so that uh, it, it just knows that, you know, you want your car set at 73 degrees and put into eco mode and like, you know, the radio tuned to NPR or whatever it is that you want to listen to. And uh, it just starts... Uh, you know, and, and then the next thing is like, could we connect to the API in the car? So you could actually adjust the seats and the lights and the mirrors and all these kinds of things that um, uh, you ought to be able to just get in the car, whether you're in San Francisco or Chicago or London or wherever you are, get in the same car. It knows all your settings and it's like your car follows you around everywhere you go. I mean, like uh, imagine. And that. I think it's you're like, going to get there. Virtualized experience. I think you're going to get there really quickly, to be honest, the API part of this, like I, I look at the Tesla experience that I have, it knows myself, my wife and so forth, like what our settings are going to be, the, whatever phone is primary yeah. as it goes in the car is, is what it is. And I think you're going to get there really quickly and not to oversimplify this for people listening, but like, I, I think of my wife in this case, I'm very neat and tidy. I do everything like right afterward whatever tomorrow is going to be is laid out the night before the car is ready to go. Like I don't leave shit around. Like it's, it's tight. Most people don't live that way. My wife is one of those people. She'll never listen to this show. So I can say this without uh, getting in trouble. (laughs) I get into her car and forget about the seat. There's shit everywhere. Yeah. Like in that people don't want that. They want a clean car that looks like it did off the lot. Yeah. You provide the experience of a hit the refresh button every time you, you stop driving it. And to me, yeah. that, that is one of the most compelling parts yeah. of this whole thing is to like eliminate decisions, eliminate clutter, which is what we're all trying to do in life. Yeah. You can eliminate clutter in that experience and eliminate decisions we have to make as a result of this. What's the value? Every, of every decision is friction, <clears throat> right? And so if you're using, uh, let's, let's take uh, you know, Zipcar or rental car as an example, uh, 
you have to first think, okay, what's 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 near me, what's open, what's available, what's it going to cost? Uh, do I want to upgrade to the X, Y, or Z feature? You know, I want this or that or the other. Uh, is it going to be you know, and with a car share service, uh, is it going to be clean? Is it going to be gassed? If it's a peer-to-peer -peer car share, is it going to be maintained? Is it going to be uh, you know, damaged when I get there? Is it even going to be available? Did the guy forget to block it off and he drove it, you know, 100 miles away that day and just totally spaced that I had a booking? And it's just all these like uncertainties. It's like, I don't want to deal with any of that. I just want to get in the car and go and do it. Like, I already have like my important business meeting or whatever it is I'm trying to do that day. Like, I've got enough on my plate than to worry about all these decisions and having to go through what can literally be like a, a dozen different decisions just to get a car for the day. Like, that's just mind-blowing and then even to get to the car can be like its own thing okay do i take a ride share do i take transit do i bike do, like how do i even get to this thing um that's its own friction and then if you kind of look at the the <clears> other <throat> side of like leasing or buying a car then it's like okay do i want to buy lease or finance do i want new or used do i want which car do i want what color do i want what spec and trim do i want do i buy it from this dealer or that dealer do i buy it on craigslist do i buy it on auto trader it's just like so many different decisions that and so much uncertainty right it's like is this guy taking me for a ride is this a fair price? just gonna like, say how, how, like, how much is this guy how, ripping like, me off is the question like, yeah i mean like how much is he ripping me off is can i get it for a thousand bucks cheaper at the dealer down the road like um you know just like all this friction that just sucks like no matter how you get access to a car like there is literally no easy way to do it right so for us it's like look here's the price you sign up you click the button boom and you want a car We'll get it to you in an hour and it's always the same car it's always the same spec color and trim and we're going to make it as personalized an experience as possible we're going to eliminate all the headache and you just get the car you get in and go do your thing you've got enough on your plate we're going to take one more thing off i i think you guys are on to something that is like i said to start this off timing to me is perfect um just want to recap the deal for everyone who's listening to this you can go to republic.co upshift uh, you guys have raised a little over a half million dollars as of the time of this show, 2,500 investors, about a hundred and something days left, 20% discount, $8 million value cap, hundred dollar minimum. You guys have taken investments uh, from mini from BMW, uh, the co-founder yep. of nerd wallet, et cetera. <clears throat> Continue yeah, Ford, Ford also put in some, yeah, we got, we had Ford put in some <clears throat> non-dilutive funding as well. Uh, we, we had a syndicate uh, led by Cindy Bahuja on angel list. Uh, so yeah, that's been really great investors well back we had on, I, on, I Rep think on republic actually we had the the, the set starting center for the chicago bulls and the original shark on shark tank also invested in, in oh shit on, that's uh, awesome yeah yeah that's cool i i think people don't understand how awesome republic actually is as a platform and like you're not investing with like randos like these are people who take this seriously just like i do and you do um, and, you know, I think it's, it, it's beneficial when companies like yours come up with a person with your experience met with real investors and people who have a lot to gain in this and they wouldn't put their money in something that they didn't think was beneficial, beneficial to them and their business down the road. So I hope people check this out. I am a fan of this. I cannot wait till it comes to Chicago. <clears throat> we have two cars, but that does not mean that I'm not open to uh, renewing one and letting the other one go bye-byes and look at something like this. And I think I'm not alone in that. The experience when personalized and frictionless, I think will, will be really a no brainer. I mean, it's, it's, you're not paying nearly as much and you get everything you wanted out of it. So for that, uh, where do people go to actually find the service and, and you're in San Francisco, but like where, where else can people go to sure. check this out? Yeah. The, the <coughs> URL is upshiftcars.com. 
and uh, you can learn more about the service there. Awesome. Ezra, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course, for everyone who is listening to this, go ahead and subscribe to the Technori newsletter, my newsletter, go to katoon.com or technori.com to find that. We'll be having a newsletter coming out very shortly featuring this company, Upshift. And for all other uh, random thoughts, funny, whatever crazy circumstances I put myself in, you can just follow me on Twitter at Katoon or you can follow Technori at, uh, at Technori. Boom, that's a wrap.